0: Hey Clitorati, so we wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about a product that we really love. It's a product called Let's Get Checked. It's super convenient at-home testing for those of you who don't want to fucking leave the house during
1: COVID. It's really awesome. They have everything from at-home fertility, female and male hormone testing, STDs, and even COVID testing.
2: This came in clutch for our first pandemic-friendly play party, the first one we had in seven months. And it was well worth (laughs) it.
1: Of course, of course it was. Oh my God.
2: (laughs) It was.
0: (laughs) Everyone's
1: going to, let's get checked now. <laughs> For the play party. Okay, so use our clitorati code. It's just Clip Talk and you get 20% off your purchase. Enjoy, have fun and have all this delivered to your door. Whoop, whoop. What up, Clitorati? October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Have you done your boob check in the shower yet? In the last few decades, breast cancer survival has been on the rise due to better screening and early detection, increased awareness, and continually improving treatment options. And do you all remember when Angelina Jolie announced her elective double mastectomy? That put the Baraka gene mutation screening on the map and forced the importance of genetic testing and those many lives saved was the doing of our guest today. I'm very excited to introduce the go-to breast health expert. She's a best-selling author, breast cancer surgeon, and woman's health warrior who fuses state-of-the-art screening, genetic testing, diagnosis, and surgical treatment with preventative strategies and holistic, compassionate care. Please welcome Dr. Christy Fang. Hello, Hello, ladies. Uh, yeah.
3: Hey, Lindsay and sugar. <laughs>
0: sugar. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm, yeah. we are so excited to have you here. This episode is extra extra personal for me. It's just so our listeners don't know. Actually, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer this year, and Dr. Christy Funk is her doctor. I got my mom's permission to share that information. Um, and we originally had a different doctor, and the transition of coming to Dr. Christy Funk and the knowledge that she gave to our family and to my mom and the difference that she's made for my mom. like Because of what you told my mom to do, my mom's cancer has actually shrunk before her surgery. And it's because of the information that you gave us. And so much of the information that you gave us was information that I didn't know. It was like the opposite of what we've been told about breast cancer. So I knew that we had to have you on here today to share because you're you're a doctor but you're also i have it that you're like a scientist and a researcher as well because the the level of research that you have put into the, your best selling book that you have and the information that you have patients is is so life changing that I just I'm so excited to have To have you here today and thank you for being here and thank you for taking such good care of my mom.
3: (laughs) No, it's my my honor to come alongside her in this moment that seems so dark and it actually can become transformative and uplifting. You know, I often remind women, I don't think this cancer came here to kill you. It came here to change you. It came Mm -hmm. here to make the rest of your life more fruitful and contributory and purposeful. And you have to see your cancer like that. You know, embrace the lessons. Otherwise, it will just be painful,
0: and it, and it, on it, and that is so. Like you say that, and I have, I really do have to attest that is so true. Both of my parents have completely quit alcohol. They've gone completely vegan. They're totally different human beings. I've gone pescatarian. Like you, your the, your presence and your knowledge has completely shifted our whole family in the way that we view health in general. And so she's not just saying it,
3: people. She really means it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do live it myself. So I'll tell you, this whole transition began... Um, with my writing my book and I had to be right. So I dove into nutritional science because no doctor gets any nutrition throughout all of medical school and beyond. And you kind of grow up in your little medical world thinking, well, if it were so important, someone would have mentioned it along the way. So you dismiss the idea that food and a lot of lifestyle behaviors don't really have strong impact. You fall prey to this idea that, oh, that doesn't run in my family. So it's not my thing. Or, oh my gosh, Everybody in my family gets X, whether it's hypertension or a heart attack or breast cancer. And now you think that's your biggest risk. Turns out that only 5 to 10% of all people have an inherited genetic mutation that dramatically predisposes them to breast cancer. Mm. So while that's very important to identify that 5 to 10%, you mentioned Angelina in the intro, she definitely had a gene mutation that put her as high as 87% lifetime risk of breast cancer and 54% chance of ovarian cancer. So there are some bold decisions that people have to make when they know they have a gene. And on the flip side of a very big bell curve, you've got 5 maybe 10 but more like 5% of people who quote unquote do everything right. Like they just have been vegan since birth. They're all Zen and yogurt out since they were two, you know. <laughs> they're stress-free and thin and, and, and you don't understand it. Frankly, it's more the people who are just too young to have lived badly long enough to accrue all these genetic mutations inside their breast DNA to manifest a cancer. Like, what is that? You're only 28 and you don't have a family history and it just makes no sense. So right. I think the, everybody's important And all of the interventions that I'm going to review here today certainly have an impact, no matter who you are, a gene mutation or not, young or not. But it's really critical to to understand that 80 to 90 percent of all women fall into the big fat middle of that bell curve. So five to 10 percent outliers with a gene mutation that's hard to overcome with good intentions and lifestyle, and then on the flip side, five to 10 percent of just wild stuff we don't understand. 80 to 90%, we get it. I totally get it. It's all about your choices. And chief among those choices is diet and nutrition. But it also has to do with alcohol, obesity, exercise, hormone replacement therapy, environmental toxicities, all these endocrine disruptors that are estrogen mimickers, and emotional stress. I mm. mean, the, fact, the mind-body connection is so deep and real. And I'll tell you what I have on my mind and heart so much right now is COVID. COVID is about to cause a massive breast cancer crisis in this country and around the world. And I'm not sure people are aware of it because I haven't seen anything about it except my own news, which is <laughs> which, which is making a small splash. Um, so <laughs> a, big, a, big, a big splash. <laughs> this is a drop in the bucket. <laughs> yeah. So, but here are the facts and it's kind of frightening. So Because of COVID fear, screening is way down 62% less breast imaging. Genetic consults are down 26%. Breast surgery down 21%. And worst of all, the August stats, week for week versus pre-COVID numbers, new breast cancer diagnoses are down 52%. I mean, first Mm, of all, the incidence goes up year after year by 0.2%. So there is no hope in the world that we've magically slashed breast cancer in half over the last six months. And alarmingly, these cancers, you know they're not putting themselves into quarantine. They're multiplying and dividing and spreading while at the very same time, women are unwittingly embracing the very behaviors that science has proven to increase breast cancer risk and death. So those behaviors, for example, alcohol. Alcohol online purchases have gone up 477%. Oh my COVID God. And in store purchases, 27%.
0: I'm only responsible for like 0.5%. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and it, it makes sense. There's like, you know, it's one o'clock. You know, people are working from home and it, any hour kind of works for the little uh, quarantine stuff. But the truth is, <laughs> So the the. <laughs> Alcohol increases estrogen levels and estrogen feeds and fuels 80% of all breast cancers. Mm. Alcohol impairs your immune function and it creates a carcinogen called acetaldehyde. So if you think of a drink in America, it's 14 grams because we supersize everything in Europe it's 12, but um, a 12 ounce beer is five ounces of wine is 1.5 ounces of hard liquor. A drink a day increases breast cancer by 10%, two drinks a day, 30%, three drinks a day, 40% and up from there. Wow. So, you know, there are things that you can do. A great alternative is to kind of understand that um, you, the drink you want already has an association with the glass in your hand. So if you're just trying to feel festive on your little Zoom happy hours, or, you know, you should cut down on the carcinogens, you can have that exact wine glass you always use but fill it with like cranberry juice. Or if you're a bubbly kind of person, you're going to mash up blueberries with mint and some seltzer water, but put it in your champagne soup, right? So you're getting that feeling. Your body yeah. will already like take a step down and relax just because you've got the glass in your hand, right? Make yourself so a little true. mocktail. <laughs> mocktail, yes. We've got yeah. a bunch of mocktail recipes actually at our pinklotus.com slash kitchen. Oh, cool. I've got a whole cancer kicking kitchen with recipes and there's a mocktail thing there. But the other um, FYI for those who will occasionally imbibe even the american cancer society says a drink a day for women is okay and two drinks for men um
0: that's not fair (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: Yeah. i'm just gain weight and then i'm bigger can i have soup Um,
1: (laughs) that'll fix all the problems
3: (laughs) i tell you the the um so one thing a trick or a kind of workaround is to choose red wine. So there's resveratrol in red wine, which is a potent antioxidant. Now don't start drinking it just, if you're already a non-drinker, I'm not advocating to drink red wine for resveratrol. You can get it from the skin of red grapes. So just eat the ones with the seeds. (laughs) Um, The other, the main driver toward causing cancer seems to be that alcohol interferes with an enzyme that sounds like a really bad word. It's called MTHFR. And that converts folic acid and folate into methylfolate. Methylfolate runs around and fixes DNA when it goes awry. There was this huge study of like 89,000 nurses that the nurses health study too, you may know that one, but um, they looked at a bunch of lifestyle factors. So one of the studies pulled out just the drinkers. And if you drank one or more alcoholic drinks a day, but consumed 600 micrograms of a day coming from your leafy greens and veggies, you had 89% less breast cancer. Than, so, if, that's so a big if I number. have like
0: eight spinach smoothies and one glass of wine, I'd be okay.
3: Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. Negate the problem. Or you could just say, We created a fun supplement. It's called Cosmo Companion. Oh, that and, sounds uh, much
1: better. Yeah. Take <laughs> yeah. like that. I was like, What on a green juice drink?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. So okay. tell us about this Cosmo Companion. I'm I'm excited.
3: <laughs> so this is, it's really brilliant formulation. It's got the methylfolate you need because your enzyme, and I should say 30 to 50% of people already have a suboptimal MTHFR, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase is what it stands for. But that enzyme is already genetically not so functional in a ton of people. And then you drink and it's really knocked out for the day. So- right. You just consume the methylfolate you're not making with B6 and B12. Those three things from Cosmo Companion become glutathione in your body, which mm. is the most powerful antioxidant. And then there are a bunch of botanicals that support and protect your liver as it detoxes. And it increases glucose metabolism. So hopefully maybe you're not getting fat from the sugars in your alcohol.
0: <laughs> so if you take this Cosmo right. Companion, it's going to like reverse the effects of alcohol, make you look younger and help you get thinner. Basically. Yeah.
1: much. <laughs> Sign me up. Okay. I'm buying it, buy it today. What if you don't what if you don't really drink and you take that?
3: If you if you don't drink, I think that um and you are a big vegetable consumer. I mean Cosmo Companion has a lot of lovely benefits to it, drinking or not, but you're if you're eating a predominantly plant based plate of food two or three times a day. You're probably not going to add too much by taking that. We right. do have a fantastic women's multivitamin called multi must have. Mm. And there it's, it's really a brilliant formulation. It's got a ton of like layers. Like there's a bunch of berries in it and greens and turmeric and like m- more than just your typical multi. Um, so that's a, it's, I challenge you to like put that label against whatever you're taking and you'll see like it's just superior. It's amazing.
0: When I was in your office, you were telling me a story about how a lot of these supplements that you're now selling are... You got from like an ancient ancient Chinese like herbalist? Is that correct? Are we allowed to talk about that or no?
3: Yeah, not a lot. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> okay. One, <Just> one. <laughs> okay. So, um, and so there's a I scoured the earth literally for seventeen years trying to find something non estrogenic that could help all of my breast cancer patients because they're really not supposed to be taking any hormone replacement therapy or estrogens. And then they're miserable. They're like hot flashing their ways to a divorce and they don't know what to do because they're scared to take estrogen. And they should be because their cancers are fueled by it, right? Yeah. So it took forever, but I finally found these three Asian herbs blended in Korea that have three randomized controlled trials behind them, which is the gold standard for anyone in medicine. So you've got a placebo group and the ones taking the real deal. And then it's a forward looking study, right? It's not like retrospective, asking people with cancer versus without like, how much meat did you eat when you were in high school? You know, that has a lot of recollection bias and stuff. So anyway, I love these trials because they really proved the point. They did estrogen level draws and over 90% of women had not just half flashes taken care of, but all 12 major symptoms like Night sweats, vaginal dryness, decreased libido, itchy skin, memory fog, insomnia, like just amazing. So it also doesn't interfere with the liver metabolism of breast cancer drugs like tamoxifen.
2: Mm. So yeah,
3: menopause miracle has been a true miracle for many a woman, not just breast cancer patients, but everyone, everyone who wants to avoid well, HRT. Sir,
2: I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I sorry, mean, guys. this is a, this is a prevention conversation. You know, it's like we, we... We talk a lot on Clit Talk about how our pleasure and our health are directly co- correlated. And Katie, as a nurse um, and being the voice of, of the health community, I would say on behalf of Lindsay and sure. I, um, it, driving this home as a health pl- conversation has been a core part of our mission. Um, and you know, I know you through my mom through Fran Drescher. My mom runs Fran yeah. Rusher's nonprofit. We've had Fran on, Cancer Schmancer, Shout out to all the fans out there for Cancer Schmancer. And um, you know, since I was 13 years old, I grew up in their tagline. You know, their tagline mm. is that stage one is the cure.
3: And um, mm.
2: whoa, I just got like covered in chills and really moved for a second. Um, I just feel really privileged that since 13 years old, I grew up in this conversation and, um, stage, you know, if we want to prevent cancer, like let's not get it in the first place. And so I'm so grateful that you're here for this episode for breast cancer awareness month, because if someone's listening to this episode, when they have breast cancer, we've only done part of our job, but if we can have every woman listen to this episode, then how many more women can in our community and communities around us prevent breast cancer? So, sorry, I just got really choked up. Oh, whoa edit this out please never nope. never <laughs> how come when you say we're editing something out we edit something out? i'm just kidding because i'm the one that edits this yeah, is true thanks for yeah. lightening that up though that feels a, that feels a lot lighter yeah
0: uh, you well, know, <laughs> i think i think you're pointing to something really really powerful sugar and 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 chris dr Christy funk you you talk about this a lot in your book um Breast and Owners Manual: How Every Woman Can Reduce Reduce Her Cancer Risks. Can we, like, can we dive into that? Like, what are some of the ways that women can actually reduce their risk? Um, and maybe even later, we can talk about if you do have breast cancer, how how making the best treatment choices for yourself. Like, let's just really dive into that whole conversation. Let's start with like, can you give us a rundown of the prevention tips? Because I'm one of those. people that's got the bad genetics. So I want to do everything I can.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So I think the critical thing is if you look at disparities and incidents, when you get Asian immigrants coming from like 1982, we had a bunch of Japanese coming to California and Hawaii, and then in 92, the Chinese to Hawaii. And literally their incidence of breast cancer within one generation had a hundred percent increase over the relatives that stayed in the homeland. So what it is, and it points to undeniably, is that the degree to which they adopt our lifestyle and our behaviors and our food patterns is the degree to which their breast cancer skyrockets. So when you really look into what we're doing, for better or worse, Every single time you lift fork to mouth and chew and swallow, you're affecting estrogen levels, growth hormones, blood flow called angiogenesis. So any cancer in your body can develop to about the size of a ballpoint pen tip. After that, it will die. Your immune system will kill it off. It doesn't have what it needs unless it's able to get its own little sinister blood supply. So angio means blood vessel, genesis, birth, it is the birth of brand new blood vessels that a cancer must bring to itself.
0: Wait, are you saying that all of us have little teeny tiny cancers all the time and it mm-hmm. just has to have the right environment? Wow, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah,
3: <laughs> exactly. So whether it's a UV ray causing some skin damage, you know, and it's like a melanoma in the making, but then an intact immune system. You've got to think about how, here's, okay, I mean, let me give you this study. This is going to transform your eating for the rest of your life. And it will help you understand. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for this, Dr. Christy Funk.
1: Oh boy. I really I really like sugar. Okay.
3: I just wanna put that out there. This better not be about donuts. Okay. So
1: I, know. I, know I really like sugar. I know. It's
3: an issue. I, I do too, but okay, I can't now eat it give it to me. Okay. So this is gonna blow your mind. They took a hundred people and gave them a standard American diet for breakfast, which stands for sad. Um, and it was stuff like pancakes and bacon, steak and eggs, and as a measure of oxidative stress in their body. So oxidative stress in small doses is good. It makes you breathe. It brings inflammation to a cut so you heal it. But in excess doses, it's going to run around and create damage, cellular damage to the blood vessel lining and give you a heart attack and a stroke or to your breast cells and lead to a cancer, et cetera, right? So this battle of oxidative stress is only quelled by antioxidants and the only place you find an antioxidant on the planet is in fruits and vegetables and other plants, legumes and such. So back to the story. Now they're all fed this. And as a measure of that oxidative stress, their blood is drawn hourly and checked for LD um, for oxidized LDL cholesterol. It goes up, 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 lunch. They get like a hamburger and fries, up, 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 dinner. So This is a typical diet for the majority of Americans. And these people are going to bed every single night with fewer antioxidants than when they woke up. There's only so many Hmm. decades of oxidative stress that your cells can handle before disease shows up, right? It it might be dementia. It might just be irritable bowel syndrome or an autoimmune disease. It doesn't have to be a life-threatening cancer, but it will be some sort of life-altering, unhappy illness. Now, here's the magic same people, next day, same sad meal, one change, a cup of strawberries. Not Mm. bad. That's not a candy bar, not taking your candy bar away, but I am adding to it, cup of strawberries. And the cholesterol was again measured up, up, down, down, baseline by noon. Mm. Hamburger and fries, one cup of strawberries, up, up, down, down, baseline. So literally the antioxidant power in just a cup of strawberries was capable of creating a total null effect of that oxidative, very inflammatory meal. So what if, what if the meal had been steel-cut oats and blueberries with some flax seeds in it? What if the meal had been my amazing antioxidant smoothie on page 69 of my book. What? (laughs) (laughs) Then we'd really be building up health. So every meal, even a good one is is catabolic, right? You get some stress, but boom, boom, it'll be over in like an hour. And now these very chemicals, phytochemicals, plant-based chemicals, they're nutrients though. They get absorbed into your bloodstream. They go flying through your body, saturating every single cell. It's changing what's called the tumor microenvironment, but all your cells live in a micro environment. They're like little tiny cells having a bath. (laughs) And what is in that bathtub? So it's either screaming out pro-cancer, elevating estrogen and growth hormones and creating angiogenesis and inflammation and immune system dysfunction and all these free radicals, or it is the opposite screaming of anti-cancer, of lowering estrogen, lowering IGF-1, taking away the blood vessels that those tumor cells need. So, you know, people don't necessarily think of food as having um, such power, but, you know, one really easy example to think about it is if you eat a super colorful, just say like a fruit salad, right? You've got some leafy greens, some bright red strawberries, some blueberries, you don't pee out any of those colors. They all are absorbed. Those are the phytonutrient powers that get absorbed into your system. And use. I mean, the only thing that makes you pee is beets, right? I was saying, yeah, beet. <laughs> beets.
0: Asparagus. Makes I wasn't going to say it though. I want. I want. I don't know if this is an overshare, but when I have my spinach smoothie, like if I start doing them a lot, sometimes my poop does turn a little green, though. <laughs> is that weird? Is that, that is weird? true?
3: No, <laughs> this is. And also, it's because those are such fiber-rich, yeah, yeah, yeah that, yeah. yeah, that they don't necessarily get fully digested. Ah, uh, okay. And so then they're out they come. Yeah, I've I've had that happen. So I just alone.
0: I don't I don't wanna <laughs> let this like go. I think it's hilarious. You're on the Clip Talk podcast and your smoothie is on page sixty nine. I just wanna <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you either, did you say that? Did you know to say that to our audience? I'm like, did you look in your book at what was on page 69 just for our podcast? <laughs> That's
2: amazing. That's amazing.
0: Um, no, but I have had that smoothie. It's amazing. You know that at Clip Talk, we have made a promise to only represent products that we authentically believe in and would personally use ourselves. That's why we're so excited to share Dr. Christy Funk's supplements with you. She's my mom's breast cancer doctor and is guiding my entire family to make better lifestyles style choices to go with our genetics. I started using them myself and I love the fact that I know that they were created by a doctor who was personally put in the
2: research so I know it's a quality product that I'm putting in my body. I mean, I'm all about biohacking health and preventing negative effects of everything and I love to know that I can just have a cocktail and then take one of her Cosmo Companion supplements to offset the negative effects. Fucking genius.
1: I'm super excited for her multi must-have. It's just like an awesome multivitamin. So ClitTalk signed up as an affiliate so that our Clitorati can get 10% off. So if you go to com backslash discounts and just go there and get a discount.
0: Because we're all going to be using them and so should you.
1: Boom. You're welcome. I love
2: And it. I like I the it. idea of what you said problem. about um you know if you bring a cup of strawberries so I mean Christy Dr. Christy Funk's tips, uh, number one here, we're talking antioxidant like biohacking. You know, it's like what I'm getting right. from the study is Well, okay, so don't change the meals you're going to eat if you're not ready for that, but add antioxidants. And I imagine like the strawberries is an example. Like you could, could you do the same thing with a cup of blueberries or one of your awesome antioxidant supplements? If you have any of those.
3: Absolutely, you could. Um, I always opt for the whole foods. I mean, berries Mm -hmm. are so powerful. Cruciferous vegetables are another breast Mm superfood. Anything with fiber in it is amazing. So, fiber is very interesting. So, 97% of Americans don't get a measly 30 grams of fiber a day. If they did, breast Mm -hmm. cancer would drop by 50%. Wow. That's from eating fiber. So, instead of COVID causing people not to screen and we think breast cancer is dropped by 50%, we could just eat a bunch of beans and berries and leafy greens and actually drop breast. So, part of the reason is that um stool is carrying away a lot of toxins, and if you don't have a fiber rich diet, you may not poop very often and when you don't that the colon wall contact with this toxic turd is too long, so it's allowed to absorb more bile salts in particular so newly diagnosed breast cancer patients have fifty percent higher levels of bile salts in their blood than women without cancer, mm-hmm. and that's thought to be possibly because of the lack of fiber. There's another study that looked at um, uh, pooping. So if you had two bowel movements a week, you had four times the breast cancer risk of someone who had one or more bowel movements a day. So there's something seriously awesome about fiber.
0: If I don't if I don't have my, like, I keep talking about my stupid spinach smoothies, but if I don't have my, like, morning smoothie, but I also have to take, like, a lot of magnesium to have regular bowel movements, does that mean that there's something wrong with me? <laughs> uh, you no, know,
3: some people just do have slow transit time.
2: Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> I've tested my transit time by eating beets, actually, to see when they're reddish. Oh. How fast oh, that's the way through. to test it? Oh. Uh, I've done that before. If that's a, a that's a good thing, right? What
0: does it okay. What does it mean if you have a a, tr- a slow transit time? It just means your digestion doesn't work as good or something. What does that mean exactly?
3: Yeah. Your colon doesn't push things along as quickly as it. I've got works. a lazy colon. Okay. <laughs> Anyways.
0: Um, <laughs> so one, one of the, one of the suggestions that you make in your books in terms of prevention is veganism. And I I'll totally admit I have Always had like a sort of an aversion to veganism until I heard you speak about it in the way that you did. Can you speak a little bit to why veganism makes a such such a difference in this in this conversation?
3: So I, it's, it goes both ways. First, it's the absolute um, risk reduction power found in plants that we kind of just went through, right? Um, then it's the disease potential that consuming meat and poultry and dairy and eggs creates. So for example, there's one study that followed over 6,000 adults for 18 years. And they, they found that those who are 50 to 65 years old, the highest versus the lowest levels of animal consumption. Now this isn't animal protein versus a vegan. This is just, I eat more meat than you eat meat, but everybody eats meat. They had a Four hundred and thirty percent increase in cancer death and a seventy three hundred percent increase in type two diabetes. Wow. And the reason eating more meat. mm Mm-hmm. And the reason they distilled it down to was IGF one. So you have to understand this little hormone in your body because it's the most important factor in causing most of our killers. Cancer, diabetes, heart disease even. So What it is, insulin-like growth factor one screams at every cell in your body to grow. It just has one mission in life. Grow, grow, grow. Super useful if you're a kid and need to grow up, but you only get so tall. So what is IGF-1 doing for the rest of your life? We turn over 50 billion cells a day. So it's busy doing that. Or post-exercise muscles need repairing and it does some brain protective stuff. But your brain is smart and tells your liver exactly how much IGF-1 we need here today. The only thing that can create an excess of IGF-1 is the automatic response to consuming animal protein. So now you've got an excess and what's it gonna do all day? It's got to scream at things to grow. So grow fat, grow plaque, grow cancer cells, metastasize into the liver, grow into the brain. Like that is the key behind IGF-1. There's a couple of things that drive that point home. One is Laren syndrome. There are people largely in Ecuador they have the inability to process IGF-1. They are all dwarfs. They have medical dwarfism because they don't grow. And no one in the history of the world with Laron syndrome has ever had breast cancer, has ever had any cancer ever, except one woman had an ovarian cancer in 2017. But it's still astounding. And no one wow. with Laron syndrome has ever had diabetes, ever. Hmm. Now, it's just because they can't process IGF-1. And I think one of my favorite things to tell people and sugar, I think this is in part why you get get choked up and emotional about thinking about how like stage one is the cure, but you want to go beyond that. And it's because it's never too late for anybody. Everybody has the power to make better choices and to change. And if they just knew what they're supposed to change and do or think or feel or eat, then maybe they could a cancer altogether. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite study to tell women who look at me and they're like, doc, I have this breast cancer. I'm 72 years old. I'm fat. And I've been living this way my whole life. Like really, it's too late for me. I love to tell them this study because it is never too late. This study took 50 obese women. They didn't have cancer. They just were obese. And they measured their IGF-1 levels. They measured their IGF-1 binding protein, which is like a snatcher takes it out of circulation. And get this, they took their blood and dripped it onto a Petri dish, blanketed with human breast cancer cells. And a few cells died because if you're alive, your immune system's doing something, right? Mm-hmm. And they went away and they ate a low fat, high fiber. They were getting their 30 grams a day. <laughs> diet With daily exercise classes that were a half an hour. And these people, you know, they could briskly walk. That was the exercise for real. And they came back. Get this is the killer part. Twelve days later, they measured their IGF one. It had plummeted. Their binding protein had skyrocketed. They took their new blood on a fresh petri disc filled with human breast cancer cells, and ninety percent of the cells died on the spot. Whoa. Wow. wow. In 12 days. In 12 days, they turn their body into a cancer kicking machine just by embracing food, plants, but by shunning meat and dairy. And,
0: and I can actually share from personal experience because my mom did take read your book and take your advice. This is a true story. My mom had a two millimeter cancerous lump in her breast and an eight um, millimeter was it millimeter or centimeter? I think it was millimeter, Cent- centimeter, mm-hmm. sorry, Um, in the bottom. And because of the veganism, when she went back in for her checkup, it had actually shrunk because of the veganism. Like it's, that's really, and I was like, that's what really changed my mind about everything. I'm like, holy shit, this really yeah. works. Or <laughs> this really works. Like, because my mom was, you know, she, I would say probably ate like a, a traditional American diet and they've completely shifted their entire lifestyle and they're doing everything everything that you tell them to and her cancer shrank. And like, I know she's going in for another checkup soon. And I'm like, hoping it has shrunk even more, you know, like yeah. let's, let's, you know, we can, you never know with cancer, yeah. but that's and what she's I'm listening, listening
3: for. Exercising, she's managing your stress. I mean, yeah. these are, these are all the things that I have mentioned at the top of our yep. talk that are increasing during COVID. People are stress baking and eating snack that are pantry stable. So that's always like cookies and crackers and ultra Mm processed. So they're gaining weight. They're not eating the fresh fruits and vegetables, getting all those anti-cancer phytonutrients flying around. They are stressed out, whether it's over finances or the future, people are sad, angry, depressed, lonely, isolated, and that's worsening their immunity. We have hundreds of studies that prove that stress alters immunity for the worse. In fact, there's one called LACE, um, Life After Cancer Epidemiology Study that looked at 2,200 breast cancer survivors, early stage, and they followed them for 10.8 years. Those who reported out low levels of psychosocial support were 58% more likely to have died in that decade than those wow. who had. Wow. So there's one thing, com. If you go to our website, pinkclothed.com slash buddies breast buddies, every woman who's ever had cancer should join. It already has a few thousand members, but what it is, it's totally free. And it pairs newly diagnosed breast cancer patients with those who have been there, done that, but age for age, stage for stage, treatment wow. for treatment. So, and it's purely for the purposes of, of support and friendship and connectivity, because not everybody has a BFF. Not everybody likes their family. But everyone can have a breast buddy. And I also really get tired of women, unfortunately, running into like their stage one and someone who's stage three is like, oh, let me tell you all about it. And it's like, oh Oh, no. Yeah, it's so So different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I really want to talk about um, sexual reclamation in women who have cancer and who have recovered from breast cancer. How can we support our listeners and their family members reconnect to their sexuality during that time?
3: Yeah. A number of issues arise when you're trying to get your mojo back after cancer. And it really depends on how your journey was and what kind of side effects, temporary and permanent, you've been left with. Mm -hmm. These drugs do a number on your body. So you can end up with arousal difficulties, painful intercourse, an inability to orgasm, decreased libido, right? Like just not even interested in sex because... Mm -hmm particularly, I mean, it affects everyone, but it is especially a stark and immediate transition when you were totally premenopausal, humming along with your monthly periods. And then because of our damaging treatments, boom, you're just menopausal by next month forever, right? Because chemo can shut down your ovaries. Um, you're supposed to take an anti-estrogen pill that competes with your own estrogen. So you're living as if you have none. So in this post-treatment setting, dysfunction can be like, ubiquitous and then it can exacerbate itself right because now you have all these this these problems i mentioned and then you're depressed about it so now you're dealing with depression and maybe you're feeling self-conscious over cosmetic outcomes not every woman has a beautiful breast reconstruction whether they do lumpectomy or mastectomy hmm. and that can leave you feeling undesirable and sexy totally not yourself betrayed by your body you can want to be keeping an emotional distance from your partner and then your partner he or she went through breast cancer with you and yeah. they may be like, oh my gosh, I'm paralyzed by what to do. Like, does she want me to initiate sex or is that rude? Because she is feeling terrible and is self-conscious. Or if I don't initiate sex, is that terrible? Is that telling her I don't like her body? I don't love her anymore. Like you're damned if you do, you're damned right. if you don't, right? Like you mm-hmm. can become, especially, you know, people have a very difficult time understandably communicating these things. You know, saying the word clitoris is not necessarily on the top of most people's vocabulary and it can be daunting and embarrassing. But I think what I want women to know is that they're certainly not alone um you know a lot of these issues this is why I, my husband and i created pink lotus power up there are private chat rooms there are threads you can start like you can talk to other women who are completely empathetic with your situation and filled with advice i have some advice i can tell you what i've seen work for people um so let's take one major thing which is painful intercourse and that comes from vaginal dryness and tightness because of the medications that we put people on And so one option is to buy a dilator set that will gradually stretch a tight vagina and then use water silicone-based moisturizers and lubricants. Apply apply it like liberally when you know intercourse is, is imminent. But then there's also vaginal lasers that work quite well. Mona Lisa Touch and Thermiva are two of the brand names out there that stimulate collagen formation and improve moisture in just a few sessions. Of course, it's not covered by insurance, but it's not outrageously expensive, especially for such an important issue. Yeah. Um, if you're truly miserable, depending on the exact moment in your cancer journey, I'm not necessarily opposed to topical vaginal estrogen. So you just you know stick it up the vagina there onto the tissues so that they become thicker and moist and... Um, There was a study, not in a lot of women. It was 69 breast cancer patients. They didn't have any increased recurrence. There's very little systemic absorption to that, but it's something to talk about with your medical oncologist. We mentioned menopause miracle that one of the 12 improvements was um, in vaginal moisture in just 12 weeks. 53% of women, their vagina was totally fine again from just the herbal thing. Some of the sexual blocks aren't, we've been talking about physical things. like the the reconstruction or the vagina actually being dry or tight. But a lot of sexual blocks are emotional, right? And sometimes it's just too hard to expect time to heal that wound. In fact, it can exacerbate it. So I often recommend that people see a psychologist or a sex therapist or a, count, a you know, counselor that's familiar with these exact issues with or without their partner. You know, Some of it's a little, it makes it easier because all of a sudden there's homework assignments, literally, mm-hmm. and like reporting back requirements. Yeah. So it's an awkward task of like learning to be intimate again, learning to take a bath with someone or, so, you know, these things are actually like, helping you anticipate and plan for sex and intercourse and intimacy. And it's kind of like homework and it can, and they can come up with tips that that they, cause they're so expert in it, right? They know things that really help women. Like if you're self-conscious, you can use low lights and have sex with your lingerie on, right? Like you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be the way it was, if that's not how it was before. And it, you know, unfortunately people have Painful spots, like with treatment and recovery, things may hurt. So maybe you learn how to where to put pillows and have a little extra padding so it's not so painful. Or yeah, so I do think that it's normal to have your desire for sex um, completely change after cancer. But I think women really, it's worth whatever it is, whether it's embarrassment or disappointment or sadness over it. It's still worth the effort to reintroduce physical touch and mm. making
0: love. Hmm. that's really well said. Thank you. Um yeah, I think that's that uh, thank you for being so candid. That was really useful information. Um, sure. and thank you so much for for coming on tonight. Um this I learned a lot and I'm definitely inspired to make better life choices, lifestyle choices um in everything that I do. Um, so you do have a best-selling book um and a couple of live events coming up and uh, the pink lotus website can you and can you tell our listeners a little bit about all of those things and the best way for people to connect to your resources
3: absolutely so if you simply remember and go to pinklotus.com you'll see on the homepage there we've got four like different companies. One is the brick and mortar breast center. And if you'd like to see me or do a telehealth conference with me, you can go to pinklotus.com, the breast center or pinklotus.com slash care, and just send us a message and we'll get in touch with you and schedule something. But beyond that, there's our Pink Lotus Elements store, which has become like a leading online health brand for women before, during, and after a cancer diagnosis. Everything there's not like kitschy ribbon earrings. It's all about products that I've found through my 20 plus career, year career really make a difference in women's lives. And a lot of them have trials behind them to prove the point. They're not just um, like, oh, I think this might work. It's all very vetted. So Elements is a fun store to shop around in to see if there are things useful for you. And then my community power up is all about empowering women. There's blogs and education. We've got my cancer kicking kitchen that's coming soon to be deeper. But there's some recipes up there and the mocktails. Um, but it goes way deeper into understanding how to transform toward a whole food plant-based diet. Mm. Then uh, in Cancer Kicking is also my summit. So that's the big, big news for, I want everybody to know about the can- the Cancer Kicking Summit is virtual in April, 2021. And then it's going to be a live two-day retreat at the awesome oceanfront Terranea Resort in Palos Verdes. Oh, on beautiful. 16, 17. <laughs> yeah, that place is... It's gorgeous. transformative. Yeah. So what we do during the summit goes way deeper than food. I mean, that's a, a big part of it, but I dive into the soil of your life. We root around there, get rid of the weeds and then optimize it to plant 10 seeds into what becomes the orchard of your life to live the most bountiful existence. So for example, other seeds are thinking, I mean, what are you telling yourself and why? Who Who told you that? you define yourself as a smoker because you're never going to quit because if you quit, now you're not a smoker. Why do you say that about yourself? I am a smoker, right? So things about our thoughts have a direct translation into the biochemistry that's flowing through our body and has a direct connection to health. So we spend a lot of time on thinking, on moving. People fear exercise. Some people are champs at it, but everybody needs to be met where they are and they need to understand why movement and exercise have such a tremendous impact on all of health and on your happiness. Meditation is another seed to plant in there. So it goes well beyond food. It's not just, oh, she's going to get on her whole food plant-based shtick. I will. will. (laughs) It may be hard to swallow meat after you hear what I have to say, but um, (laughs) it's fun. I like to do things in like take it home right now, actionable power, change it up, don't look back kind of a way. So there's no way you would go through with either of these summits without at least, I would say, five solid things you're going to transform and probably more than like yeah. 500. So yeah, just check out PinkLotus.com. There's a wealth of information, a whole world of community. Uh, the community is so beautiful. Breast Buddies, um, the breast groups, like I said, with the private chats. There's breast lists where you can—it's like Craigslist—that you can buy, sell, trade, or give away your gently used scarves, hats, wigs, bras, things oh, like that. Oh,
0: that's nice.
3: Yeah, there's there's a ton going on. That's Check great. Check it all out. And
0: and if people want to follow you on Instagram, it's just Dr. Christy Funk, K-R-I-S-T-I, right? Funk. Yes. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Well. Thank you so much, Dr. Christy Funk, for taking time out of your evening to come in and speak with us. I, I learned so much and you're such a wealth of knowledge and resources. I'm positive that this episode gonna make a difference for, for so many people. Just thank you so much for, for being with us here today.
3: Um, thanks, Lindsay. Yes. Thanks, Katie. Yeah. Thank thank you. Thanks so much.
0: <laughs> yes. yes, yes. All right. And with that, Clitorati, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, at clittalkshow, for your clit fix in between episodes.